During this time, we know that the church was active, the church was growing, and in some pockets uh, of the ancient world, the church was really thriving. And with that, the theology of the church was also being developed at that time. So if you place yourself in that day with a largely illiterate following, you can't you know, hand someone a scroll or some parchment and say, this is what we believe, you know, come be part of us. It makes sense, given that environment where the church was birthed, that a song or that a hymn might help cement your beliefs or uh, your core convictions about someone or something that you're following. And uh, a song or a hymn can do that in a unified manner. It shouldn't be lost on us that here in, in 2022, we often ground our belief and our theology in song, in a way that we know uh, together we are unified in one voice expressing the same belief in God. So if verses 6 through 11 here was in fact something that the young post-resurrection of Jesus church knew and utilized, it's, it's really neat to look at it more closely and think what very specifically mattered to them about Jesus? And what very specifically was the directive for these early followers of Jesus in their lives where they tried to be faithful and obedient? While it's fun to hypothesize and consider this, at least for me, I could go on for a long time about this, what's most important for us here this morning is what's being communicated about the type of mindset that we see described in verse 5. Paul says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, in verse 5. What we see that follows verse 5 in in 6 through 11 is pretty complex. We're talking about the incarnation of Jesus, how it applies to our relationships, and the calling upon followers of Jesus to be like him. There's a reason that a lot of ink has been spilled on these verses, because it's not the most simple and straightforward concept to indwell. While complex, thankfully there's also some simpler sides to it as well. The writer C.S. Lewis makes a really compelling case for a childhood pastime to help us understand and to apply this passage. So as we transport our minds there a little bit, I'm curious, can, can you all remember what you pretended to be when you were a little kid? When you were maybe four, five, or six playing pretend, what was the uh, object of your playing pretend? I loved using my imagination to play pretend basketball player. In the driveway, I would set up cones, I would make buzzer-beating shots, I played for the bullets, then I played for the Wizards, then I played for the Olympic basketball team, and did all sorts of uh, things just for no audience, and I had a blast doing it. Uh, so this week I asked my sister, what did I play pretend as uh, when I was younger? And her answer was a dog, which is way less, I think, cool or intelligent or inspiring. But as examples come to mind for you, please tell me on the sidewalk after worship. I would love to know what you played pretend as when you were little. And today I feel very much like uh, a parent of the 2020s because my boys pretend to be Amazon person. 
because they love to see and wave to all the Amazon workers that drive through our neighborhood. They let us know when they're coming. They let us know when they're coming to our house. And it's, uh, I guess, a modern way of playing pretend. But C.S. Lewis, uh, for all the fun we can have thinking about it, is really, really onto something here that I want us to, to lock in on. He writes about playing this game of pretend and how we, if we are followers of Jesus, we are called to actually pretend that we have the mindset of Christ. To not see Philippians 2.5 as a, a theoretical declaration, but as a command to pretend that you have the mindset of Christ Jesus. As Christians, in, in Lewis's words, we are called to dress up as Christ if we have the goal of living a life that reflects the life of Jesus to the best of our abilities. When children play dress up or when they play pretend, they're sharpening their wits and they're having fun, but they are truly taking tiny steps towards being a grown-up when they're playing pretend. We should want to do the same thing as followers of Jesus. We should want to be continually taking tiny steps closer to being more and more like Jesus and taking on this mindset that we see Paul describing in Philippians 2.5. This is an exercise that would, would require intentionality on our part. So think for a moment, how might the start of your day look if you were intentionally taking on the mindset of Christ? If it didn't come later, but came at the start of the day, how might areas of friction, maybe in the workplace or in your home, with your peers, how might these areas of friction look differently if you are intentionally taking on the mindset of Christ Jesus? We have the recipe there for us, starting in verse 6, going through verse 11. This mindset of extreme humility that we see when we look at Jesus on the cross will cause us to see the world and to see our interactions through an entirely different lens and help us focus on that which is important to Jesus in our life. We've talked about kids playing pretend. I, I don't want to leave the dog owners out as well. Does anybody here have a dog? It's Old Town. I'm surprised it's not like every hand up here. With, with dogs, they, they often come into a house as a stranger, right? When they're a puppy, and they're treated as almost human in this new space. I don't have a dog, but from what I've learned and heard about from dog owners is dogs do often become almost human in how they're treated and how they're incorporated into the family, what they eat and how their schedules dictate the schedule of a family. Dogs grow into becoming like legitimate family members. And dog owners are being strategic about this. They are gently shepherding their puppies to what they see as their rightful place, dogs who are part of the family. When this happens, we see that playing pretend has real results. Similarly, with babies, parents talk to babies when the babies don't understand, knowing 
for sure that their babies are going to grow into being talkers. I do this every day. And in the process, parents are gently shepherding their babies on their developmental path to becoming talkers. It's an example of playing pretend, having real results and real dividends. Because if you talk to a baby day in and day out long enough, they're going to grow up and they're going to become talkers and understand what you're saying. God wants to do the same thing with us when it comes to playing pretend and taking on that mindset of Christ Jesus. God looks at us and sees us in our present as people who are restored and people who are made whole as a result of who Jesus is and as a result of what Christ's death on the cross accomplished for us. In the same way that parents see their their babbling babies as one-day talkers, in the same way that dog owners see their puppies as one day a member of the family front and center in the Christmas card, God sees us as people who very much can embody this mindset that we see in Philippians 2, 6 through 11. I encourage you this week, if you read this further, to really envision verses 6 through 11 here as a directive, as an ask, as a challenge for how we're living our lives. Let's look at, there are a couple verses that, that follow the Christ hymn that are important for us. We stopped at verse 11. Uh, we'll pick up here at verse 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This comes right after the Christ hymn that we read. We see it starts with therefore. So as a result of what was communicated to you about Jesus in the Christ hymn, this is the call that we see in verses 12-11. Be obedient and work out your salvation in fear and trembling. If you've been worshiping with us this summer, you'll know that many of our sermons have focused on extraordinary stories. We have been through the Bible looking at David and Goliath, at Peter walking on water, at the feeding of the 5,000, just to name a few. Through these stories we've been looking at, God does something profound and miraculous in in each of them, uh, all of them containing something that can certainly inspire us in the present. But they can also leave us scratching our heads sometime. If you hear about something miraculous week in and week out, you might be left wondering why you don't see a standout miracle occurring in your life in this exact moment. So if you're sitting here this morning or if you've been sitting uh, worshiping with us throughout the summer and you feel like your life and your relationship with God are very much more ordinary than extraordinary, that is a-okay. And if that's you, I think really that's all of us to some extent. Let this passage from Philippians 2 both ground us and, and be our directive, even if we're not feeling like we're in the midst of an extraordinary season or participating uh, in something that's 
comparable to what David did on the battlefield with Goliath, or that the disciples were part of in the feeding of the 5,000. Philippians 2 tells us to simply have the same mindset of Christ Jesus and to obey, as we see here in verses 12 and 13, to obey and to live out our faith. One of the better reflections I know that's encouraged me on this topic of obedience is the writing of Eugene Peterson. It's under the resources uh, on the back of your bulletin if you're interested. He has a book that's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Simply, it's how he describes discipleship. It's how he describes the Christian life, a long obedience in the same direction. There's nothing about that that's particularly miraculous or glamorous, but it's very real. And I believe it's a true and encouraging outlook on the life that Jesus calls his followers to live. What we see Paul communicating in Philippians was a true encouragement to the church in Philippi of that day. And it's a true encouragement for us today as well, whether we're Uh, amidst a miraculous life change or if we're feeling very ordinary at this moment. This long obedience we're speaking of doesn't require or doesn't lead to a a snap of the fingers change. Paul uses language in uh, verses 12 and 11 uh, of work out when he says work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Uh, Paul definitely was not talking about going to the gym at all, but It's hard for me to not have that imagery pop into my mind or for us to maybe picture that when we hear the phrase or the verb, work out. I am very much a retired athlete, and I probably will never touch a weight again, have absolutely no interest in it. But in the season of my life when I did, my commitment was always very short. It was just spurt after spurt. I would go hard on lifting. I'd I'd even change my diet and then... One thing led to another, and I'd burn out very quickly. I had short obedience, and I had no direction, and I got nowhere. Now, I feel strange saying that this is our encouraging word this morning, but learning that the road before us is a long one usually is not something that's encouraging, but I find that it is, in this case, knowing the reality that God is with us on our journey of long obedience, faithfully trying to take on that mindset we see described here in Philippians 2 to be just a radically humble person like we see from the life of Jesus. We are given this life to live and we're called to live it in a meaningful way, in the most meaningful way that we can. And we can do that by taking on the mindset of Jesus with obedience to follow it. That's the call for us this morning from Philippians 2. I want to invite Chris and Emily. They're going to play for us as we conclude. But as you walk away with this passage and into the next week, let the words of the Christ hymn inform the posture you take into the week ahead. As you uh, approach a Monday, as you approach another week, um, lots of negative connotations come with Mondays, but bring the Christ hymn into that space with you. And The challenge this morning is actually play pretend Jesus. See how you see the world differently. See how 
your relationships, your problems are different. When you are playing pretend Jesus, taking on that mindset of Christ, and don't be shy to embrace the long journey of obedience. I encourage you to, to pray about that this morning as we conclude. Uh, may this last song that we sing be um, not just a song before lunch, but a, a prayer to God expressing uh, both our thankfulness and the reality that we need God if we are going to be faithful, if we are going to be whole, if our response to Philippians 2 is going to be something real for us. So stand with me as we sing, Lord, I need you.